Welcome to 20th and Blake. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I hope you're all doing well out there on this episode of the show. We're talking all things Bud Black. That's right, as I'm sure most of you have heard by now, the Colorado Rockies have reached terms on a one-year extension with manager Bud Black, who has been with the team since 2017. Figured we'd go ahead and dive into hopefully everything that you need to know about Bud Black. Probably not everything, but most of the big things that you should know about Bud Black, uh, where he stands, sort of my thoughts and analysis on him as a manager. But let's go ahead and get some of the basic facts on the table, beginning with his playing career. Uh, Bud Black is a left-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball for parts of 15 seasons, playing with uh, Seattle, Kansas City, Cleveland, San Francisco, and then Cleveland again. Uh, Most famously probably was his time in Kansas City during the mid-80s where he won the World Series with my mom's Kansas City Royals. And uh, he likes talking about those days especially. Those are the, the kind of times that he's known most for, right? So when we in the press corps are asking him questions about all manner of things and and his playing days come up, which uh, he doesn't mind talking about and we don't mind asking him about because it's a lot of fun, it usually goes to those days in Kansas City uh, alongside with some other pretty phenomenal pitchers like Brett Saberhagen and Quisenberry and, and some of the Dan Quisenberry, you know, some of these guys. And so we love asking him about that time, but quite the lengthy playing career. He had a career ERA of 384, which is very, very good. You know, it's not elite, it's not Hall of Fame, it's whatever, but an ERA plus league adjusted across uh, ballparks and all of that stuff, and for the era he was in of 104. So he was for 15 years a solidly well above average major league pitcher. And uh, yeah, so there, there's your Bud Black. He got about a little over 2,000 innings pitched, uh, career record of 121 and 116. And yeah, generally known, you know, kind of there's a lot of guys with this sort of general type of profile throughout baseball history uh, who do kind of parlay their long, mostly successful careers into either being a manager or going into media, doing whatever, right? And and that's exactly what Bud Black did. Clearly always had a mind for the game. His last season was at age 38. He pitched about 47 innings for Cleveland, wasn't going so well, and hung him up after that in the year 1990. He would go on to do some coaching stuff and and a couple of different organizations. Again, perhaps most famously, he was the pitching coach for the Los Angeles Angels when they won the World Series in, oh shoot, I just lost my note for that. Uh, You'll all remember, in the mid-2000s, I think, I want to say 2002. I'm pretty sure that's right. I just (laughs) got rid of my notes for that page. But yeah, so that was his, his pre, you know, he was a pitching coach, obviously. He was a pitcher for a long time, right? Lefty, uh, with, with never had overwhelming stuff. Uh, a lot of times people really want him to break down Kyle Freeland because they figure like, ooh, a lefty who didn't have high-end velocity. You guys must be kind of the same pitcher, right? But uh, <laughs> not quite. Definitely very different styles and very different approaches. But there are going to be some similarities there, right? And one thing that Bud Black showed very early on in his coaching career was an ability 
to get through to pitchers and and to speak their language and and really get the best out of uh, you know especially young pitching staffs. Okay, I'll, I'll save that point for a little bit later. Let's just keep on the timeline for now. Uh, after that, he made his managerial debut, getting his first job as a manager in Major League Baseball in 2007 with the San Diego Padres. Of course, all of you will know that San Diego Padres' season that year came to a very disappointing end in Game 163 against your Colorado Rockies. The Padres won 89 games that year. You know, a very good year for them and were probably more expected to be a factor in the postseason than the Rockies were, but Rocktober happened, and so it was not to be for San Diego. A couple rough seasons after that, then another 90-win campaign for Bud Black and the Padres in 2010, then four straight seasons of winning in the 70s before he was kind of headed toward another 500 record in 2015 and was let go from the San Diego Padres, went and did a little bit of consulting and being around baseball for 2016, and then ends up with your Colorado Rockies in 2017, going to -to back-to-back postseasons in his first two years in Colorado, becoming the only manager uh, to do that with the Rockies. Obviously, the Rockies never gone to -to back-to-back postseasons before. And uh, then managing, (laughs) managing, obviously, the Rockies to a 91-72 and record, in 2018, that's their second best record of all time. Uh, he has, over his course with the Rockies, a 349 and 359 record. So he's 10 games under 500 with the ball club. That basically brings us to the two big questions. I'm going to leave the the second one, the more fun one, uh, for a second, which is just what is. Bud Black-like. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, just his general personality. But let's talk about him as a manager in between the lines. How do we judge him? How do we evaluate him? Has he been successful? And for me, there, there's kind of two big points to this, right? You can obviously just look at the guy's record. Uh, in fact, you can look at his overall record. And right now, he is 998, so two wins away from his thousandth win in Major League Baseball. But he has 1,072 losses, right? So uh, he's quickly, he's about to become the 66th manager in Major League Baseball to 1,000 wins, but obviously he's got a losing record, right? And if you look at his time in San Diego, and now that we've got a few more seasons here in Colorado, he has more losing seasons than not, right? And so the question, and I, and I think is a fair one, is, you know, is he really such a great manager? Why does he have a, this reputation for being such a good manager when, you know, he's never been as a manager past the first round of the postseason? He's only gotten to the postseason a handful of times. And there are a number of answers that I have to this. You could start with he's much better with pitching than he is with offense. And that's kind of a reputation that's followed him for a while. Like it was a thing in San Diego as well. They had these phenomenal pitching staffs. You, you all remember Jake Peavy and some of these guys, right? Heath Bell in the in the bullpen, but not really intimidating or, or successful lineups. And despite the fact that he's had quite a bit of offensive weaponry in Colorado, it hasn't been deep offense the whole time he's been here, right? So I think if you're looking for 
a place to critique Bud Black just in between the lines, you know, and, 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 and this is always a question, like how much magic can a manager do to make the lineup hit better? To some extent, you know, it's on hitting coaches, that's on individuals, and a Major League Baseball manager is not like, say, an NFL head coach where you've got a ton of control over the plays and the outcomes in games, right? The a major league baseball manager does a lot more just kind of literally like managing guys like moods and, and, and health and where they're at today, who needs to rest, you know, who's feeling good, maybe move a guy up or down in the lineup a little bit. But a lot of times, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of the best managers or at least the managers who have the best records, right? Probably do the least amount of work. That's why it's always interesting to me to see who gets nominated for manager of the year. It's usually some combination of someone with a great record, like Dave Roberts with the Dodgers, and then somebody for a team that people didn't necessarily expect to compete, which is when Bud Black was nominated for manager of the year in 2018, right? Similar thing. Like people didn't expect them to be there and they were, so he must have done a good job. And it's all very messy, but it is the question that you've got to ask yourself. It's kind of funny that throughout his career, Bud Black has never been on a front runner, right? He doesn't have any experience playing for the Yankees or the Dodgers, the Cubs, or any of these teams who are regularly competitive. His career, whether it's playing or, or coaching or managing, is the Royals, Cleveland, the Angels, the Padres, and now the Rockies. And so I think you've got to give credit for working with what he's got, right? Uh, in all of those places, you know, the San Diego has the worst record in the history of Major League Baseball. And so the fact that he was able to make them semi-relevant for a little while and never really have an ultimately terrible season with them actually is significant, even if he had a losing record ultimately. And that's a similar thing of what's going on here with the Rockies, right? Bud Black wasn't in charge of creating the roster. That's been Jeff Breidich's job his entire tenure, now Bill Schmitz. But there's only so much that a manager can do with a lack of resources and talent, <laughs> ultimately, right? It's not... That's not the manager's job. Now, I'm not saying there aren't certain things he could have done better. I think another fair critique beyond, like, does he always know what buttons to press on offense? And again, I don't know how much a manager can do that. But there's also this reputation of preferring the veteran players over the younger players, which is another thing which I don't think comes from nowhere, Right. It didn't it didn't come out of the blue. I do think if all other things are equal between two players, Bud Black will almost certainly go with the guy who's got more experience in Major League Baseball for more playing time because that's what he feels like he can rely on. And I totally understand that. Uh, and, and it does get fr- there. There have definitely been times where, say, with Ryan McMahon, um, maybe with Rymel Tapia, you know, there there are these players who I certainly felt should have been getting more playing time early because they represented a higher ceiling where Bud Black was more inclined to stick with a player like Ian Desmond or Gerardo Parra or whoever, you know, because of a, a belief in, in their experience. And so, 
yeah, that's another place where I think it's fair to continue to look at and, and draw some critiques. I, I think he's recognized, especially in the last couple of years, as, as they've been out of it a bit more. I, I thought 2021 was actually a really good example of him recognizing that the younger players needed to play more. Now, you know, I, I would like to have seen them do that in the seasons where they were a bit more competitive. And who knows if those guys could have pushed him over the top in 2018 or something. But he's certainly not going out of his way to bury players who are young. And that's something that I've seen out there. It's like he'll never give a chance to a guy like, you know, Brendan Rodgers. They gave all of the chances to David Dahl over and over and over again. And, you know, he just kept getting hurt. Uh, you know, he they made Armen Marquez and Antonio Sensatella starting pitchers in Major League Baseball at age 22. You know, it feels like those guys have been around forever, and they're both just now 27. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I get it. I really do. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Bud Black is the best manager the Colorado Rockies have ever had for an on-the-field what they need standpoint. Uh, there's a larger conversation to be have here about I philosophically believe that the Colorado Rockies number one on-field priority has to be run prevention. I know it's tempting to want to out-hit everybody. Like we play at Coors Field, let's score all the runs and win that way. But I've studied their entire history and the it, you can't necessarily prove that it's a, a correlation and or that it's not correlation as opposed to causation. But if you're looking for the most correlative effect to winning, the thing that makes the Rockies competitive more often than not, it's when their starting pitching is good. And Bud Black has, I think, inarguably handled these young starting pitchers very, very well since he's been in Colorado. This has been the best starting pitching staff from top to bottom that they've ever had, and I think continue to be that. You know, from Armand Marquez, and obviously John Gray is gone, but Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, now Austin Gomber, the way these guys have come in and totally flipped the script about being able to pitch at Coors Field, being able to pitch consistently over the course of a season or even over the course of four or five seasons. He has dramatically altered the reputation and, and, and expectations of a Colorado Rockies pitcher. And I think that that's absolutely fundamental to success. For the 150 years of Major League Baseball, pitching has been the most important part of it. And I appreciate people who want to reinvent, reinvent the wheel and say, no, they, they don't have to be, because, and, and they can't be at Coors Field because the ERAs are going to be inflated. But inflated ERAs do not necessarily mean that you're not pitching well. You have to pitch better than whoever is across from you that day. And this is a skill that Freeland and Marquez and Sensatella have learned incredibly well. And so, you know, it looked like Gomber was right there along with him before he got hurt. So you're going to see what's coming up from the next, whether it's Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, some of the guys after that, like a hell Chris Oliveras. Uh, there's so many interesting arms and, and young arms that you want Bud Black working with and developing so that they can reach their absolute maximum potential. You know, I am generally of the belief that whatever, you know, is going on on offense, some of it's guys not reaching their potential, some of it's guys not having as much potential. I've long been of the belief that they need to mix things up on the offensive side, whether that's new coaches, new analytics. They need a, a whole new approach on offense, quite frankly. And to some extent, that does have to come down to the manager. And I think he realizes that too. Look, I've been in 
literally hundreds of conversations with Bud Black over the last couple of years. And I think that he's definitely recognized that they have to do things differently on offense, especially on the road or as a general principle so that they don't have these dramatic slumps that they go into, especially on the road. And I think 2021 was a big learning experience for everybody, including Bud Black. So I really don't think that there's any other manager out there that would make, maybe there could be some new person with totally fresh takes and ideas, right? And and that could be a way to go while you're in this weird window of your existence where they're probably not going to be competitive. They're trying to rebuild toward whatever the next thing is. Not using that word though, because it's not a teardown rebuild. It's just building back up after they've lost Arenado, Story, and Gray, right? They, they need to re replenish that that talent pool and so as they do that I could have seen going a different direction with a less experienced manager or uh, just a, a change of pace with a different manager but ultimately I do think that Bud Black is a perfect fit for the Colorado Rockies in almost every way and like I said all the pitching guru stuff is just really important especially for this club I think the attitude that he brings where, you know, he he has been a part of plenty of losing seasons. And so he's not going to get all kicky and screamy and and really like ruin his guys when things aren't going well, right? He can weather those bad times and he's a really great motivational speaker to, to put it quite as, as frankly as I can to end, end this conversation where I said I would on the other big question about... But Black, so is he a great manager? You know, it's hard to tell. I feel like his managerial career thus far has been much like his playing career, which is that he's been above average, solidly above average, and he gets extra points for being solidly above average in places where that's harder to do. You know, if if you're a solidly above average pitcher for the New York Yankees for your whole career, people aren't likely to notice as much, right? But if you're a solidly above average pitcher and you win a World Series with the Kansas City Royals, everyone there is going to remember you because they don't win the World Series very often, right? Same thing with Angels fans who think about Bud Black very fondly. And so for me, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I could tell a few stories. I could tell you about the time he, he met my mother once and still to this day remembers her name and asks after her. I could tell you plenty of stories that, uh, you know, about his mannerisms and uh, when the cameras are off and uh, when he double checks. Because I know he can be, and we were having this conversation in uh, a Discord chat the other day, but I know that once the cameras come on, sometimes he can be very serious and he gives these kind of stock answers, especially to questions that he's not particularly fond of. He kind of tries to train the press corps. Right. So one of my favorite framings of a question when I first got into this was, have you considered? I would always say, hey, you know, so-and-so is uh, really, really pitching well out of the bullpen. You know, have you considered maybe looking at that guy as a starter? He had been in his minor league career. And but he always said, oh, we consider a lot of things, Drew. Oh, we've considered. Oh, we, oh, yeah, we get around. One, he'll say a lot. Well, we talk to our players. We talk. I, you'll have a hard time believing this, but we talk to our players. We talk to them all the time, and I, I think there's some people in media who can find that very frustrating. I find it endlessly charming, 
and actually generally agree with his premise of like, it's okay to ask a more direct and, and pointed question instead of, you know, have you considered such and such person being like, hey, what are the arguments for and against so-and-so in the starting rotation? That's a better question, isn't it? You know, his most famous one of these is, of course, that's baseball. But again, I think a lot of people mishear this. When Bud Black says that's baseball, 90% of the time, what he's referring to is the chaos of the game of baseball. And there are a lot of people out there who are, look, and, and I put myself in this category at times too. We, we all try to unlearn this to some extent, right? But being kind of a control freak. It's frustrating not being able to control a thing that you want to happen, especially when it feels like, to some extent, you should be able to. And so sometimes teams lose baseball games because of pure dumb luck or a particular play happens and there's no explanation for it. There really isn't. And this is why I love the answer, that's baseball, is because sometimes these questions are looking for answers that frankly are not there, right? Why do you lose a game on a broken bat bloop double into shallow left field? That's baseball. You know, you got the winning run on second base and your best hitter at the plate. He hits a screaming line drive, but it's directly at the left fielder. Game over. That's baseball. You make the perfect pitch exactly where you meant to, but the guy goes down and fouls it off three times, and then eventually you walk him because you miss your spot by a half inch. That's baseball. The game is fundamentally unfair in a lot of ways. That's why we have to play so many of them for those unfair moments to kind of even out for everybody. And so, yeah, that, that you know, if those things, if you find them a bit off-putting, I, I totally understand. Uh, but I will say that I feel like, again, about n- every once in a while, he'll reach for a, ah, that's baseball, and I'll be like, hmm, that uh, was a bad decision. You know, he corrected me one time. I, I cannot remember the specifics of the the game, but I asked about... I thought that a player had committed a mental error. And he corrected me and told me it was a physical error. And I remember thinking afterwards, like, mm, I'm not sure I buy that. I think your guy made a bad decision. But he was protecting his player. And that's the, the final thing that I'll say about... A, a, he He protects the hell out of his players. And if I was one of his players, I would appreciate that. Because I know, I know for a fact that Bud Black has stood in front of us as the press and defended the hell out of a pitcher who had a terrible night. And then gone back into the clubhouse and ripped into that pitcher and said, this is unacceptable. You know, if you sometimes you get knocked around and, and you, you don't need to get yelled at when that happens. But, you know, when guys are being too cute and they're bad pitch selection, they're walking people, uh, they, they don't have the right attitude out on the mound. You better believe that there's a side of Bud Black that we don't see, that he really doesn't show to us. Do y'all remember Kyle Freeland's almost no-hitter at Coors Field against the White Sox? I, I, he said, theoretically, to the people listening who can't answer back. It's a rhetorical question if ever there was one. Those of you who watched that season will recall that right before that game, actually in three or four starts before that game, Freeland had been struggling a little bit, been just kind of pitching a little bit mediocre. There was a game right before that one against the White Sox where he was 
struggling out there on the mound in like the fifth or sixth inning, you know, a couple runs in, starts walking guys. And Buddy went out there, and none of us know exactly what was said. And believe me, we asked. But he just, the, the word is, undressed him. It was not a quiet and calm conversation. I don't think they were talking pitching strategy. I don't think Buddy was saying, here's the pitch selection I'd like you to change to, Kyle. And I don't believe Kyle Freeland said a word. He got a talking to. Right? And and his very next outing, he nearly threw a no-hitter. So Buddy has that in him to say this is unacceptable we have to do better. The only time I've ever seen him do that in public, really, and it wasn't even during the press conference. It was in 2019, if you all recall, when they were really, really starting to fall apart. And it was that series against, it was a four-game set against the San Diego Padres. The Rockies should have swept. And instead, they blew two huge leads to the Padres and ended up splitting the series 2-2. But that really was the beginning of the end of the Nolan era and all of it. That was that that was it. And Wade Davis blew that final save on a Sunday afternoon. And that was the beginning of the end of Wade Davis as well. And when the press conference after the game was over, when Bud Black opened the door to go back into his office in the clubhouse, he just slammed that thing. And I had never seen him do that before. You know, but he's... Beyond that, I think just got the right temperament, the right ideas. Is he a little too old school sometimes? Maybe. Is it weird that the Rockies have an underperforming offense and an overperforming starting pitching staff? Uh, Yes, absolutely it is. It's strange. Um, This is also one of those things with all the details we get in Major League Baseball, exactly how much guys are making and what's going on in arbitration and all these little details we get. Anytime somebody gets injured, they they release like a full medical examination. I have to like learn words I've never heard of. It's like, oh, this guy injured his mitochondria. I know what that actually is, but you know what I mean? I'm like, what? What happened? But with manager contracts, nothing. I don't know how much he makes, and uh, originally when he was hired, we didn't even know how long the contract went. So all we know is that he's on for another year through 2023. And if nothing else, from a personal standpoint, I appreciate it because I appreciate talking with Bud Black. I feel like I learn more about baseball every time I do. Uh, I've been called into his office a couple of times, never like in trouble or whatever. Like he doesn't, well, maybe he does do that. I I, I don't know. If, he, if he's got an issue with a reporter, I would imagine he would just take it up with them. He, he would just have a conversation with them. He's very about face. You know, he's very earnest. He, he will, yeah. So I, I remember one time in Arizona, I asked him a question about why did he go with this reliever and not that reliever, you know? And then the next day he called me into the office because a similar situation came up and I hadn't actually asked about him in the post game, but he just sat down and we one-on-one and he said, okay, so why did I go with so-and-so today? And I just went, oh, well, you know, the, the matchup, you know, right on right, left on left. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, hitter at the plate had X, Y, and Z going on. And that's all we talked about. We just talked about all the decisions that he had to make. And he said, now, you know, we just went through this conversation. We just talked for, you know, five, six minutes about all the, the statistics and all the things that went into this decision that I made. And I just remember, I had about 
10, 15 seconds to make that decision in the game to go get my guy or to leave a man and let him face this batter. And what was interesting is I think in both instances, the outcome was what Bud Black wanted. So when I asked the question, I was really just prying for more information about his process. So what he did instead of on the record, go through his process and potentially throw this pitcher or that pitcher under the bus by saying, well, I didn't want to go with this guy for that reason. You know, then that gets back to that guy and he goes, well, shoot, man, what the hell? Instead, he called me into his office the next day and we went through it and he gave me exactly what I wanted to know, but he didn't have to throw his own player under the bus. He he walked me through his process of deciding which guy he was going to have pitch in this pivotal situation in like game three of 163, you know what I mean? But he went through it with me and he didn't have to do that. And there are a lot of things like that that Bud Black does. They didn't, he doesn't have to do, you know, making a point to say hello and ask about my mom every time I see him, stuff like that. So yeah, from a personal standpoint and to hopefully have him on this show before too long, I've talked with him on podcasts before. He's a lot of fun to just talk to, especially when you really do give him, you know, good and interesting questions that that he feels like he can dive in deep into and talk about baseball and not just, are you fishing for drama? You know, he can smell that if you're fishing for drama and he won't play the game. And so that might be why sometimes some of his interviews might come off a little boring or bland, but I promise you, if you got to meet the guy right before and right after the cameras are on. <laughs> he's one of the funniest people I met. And I do think if he turned on that, that charm, the dude could run for like mayor of Denver and win. And I have no idea what his politics are. I would guess quite a bit different than my own, but he's still such a, just a charming and earnest person that, uh, you know, I understand what the, the, I don't think there's a person in baseball who's got a truly bad word to say about Bud Black. You can, we can argue all day about, his record and you know is he really truly such a great manager if so why doesn't he win more and we can, well, look at the teams he's had to manage we can have that back and forth all day but I've never met a person in the game who's got anything but wonderful things to say about Bud Black and there's a value to having a person like that in our community as well just in the Denver Colorado community in the sports community and certainly in the Rockies community So let me know what you think about Bud Black, what your expectations are of him in the future, what you think he brings to the team, whether or not you'd have liked to see some fresh blood in there, and if so, who? Maybe some of these other positions, if you've got ideas about hitting coaches and pitching coaches and all of that stuff. And if you've got any favorite Bud Black stories, I would love to hear them. So make sure that you're subscribed here on the Mile High Sports Network. Get that podcast in uh, whatever your podcast app is so you're regularly getting updates. And otherwise, just keep being absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will keep being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.